Hello and welcome to another episode of The Long Finish. I'm your host, Tug Coker, and I'm here as always with my wife and co-host, Catherine Weil Coker. How are you doing tonight, Catherine? I'm great. It's so good to hear you do that again. It just sends really like comfort shivers down my spine. You missed it. I did. I was like smiling here watching you like, yeah. We haven't talked to each other for two months because we haven't done the podcast in two months. We didn't need to talk to each other. We just move around the hallways, just kind of like ships in the day and night. It's exactly right. Hello and welcome, everybody, to a very special episode of The Long Finish. This is the election episode. It's episode technically 45. Wow. Is that right? 45. And... um. We've been gone for a minute, and there's a lot of reasons why we took a hiatus. First among them is that we were just burned out. I mean, we had, ta- we had made 44 episodes of, of a podcast in a 48-week span or something like that. It was just crazy. I had a kind of a dream in my head that I would do a podcast a week, every week for one year, and um, for a bunch of circumstances, just couldn't get there. It was just too much. Um, so... We took some time off to rejuvenate ourselves, and hopefully we'll have some episodes, uh, obviously this week, post-election week, we should be back with a couple of new episodes, some interviews and things, and we should go strong to the end of the year with some ideas for the holidays, for Thanksgiving, for the new year, a bunch of wine things to bring up, um, and just give Catherine and I a chance to talk to each other without kids, because it's really been about kids for us the past two months. Oh my gosh, yeah. They've just been wild and crazy and sleep has been, let's just say, we're back in the trenches again. There's no sleep. We are just deep in it. You know, there was a minute at the early part of quarantine where we were actually doing better with sleep. Well, that is long gone. Since we've been off air, the sleeping is non-existent. We have kids, we're our youngest son. At one point, and and thankfully he's up at 5 a.m. now, but was getting up at 4 a.m. and not going back to sleep. Which is half the reason we didn't do the podcast, because I have to go to bed at 8.30 or 9 to be able to get up for that. The long finish has never been truer, because we are up at 4.15 a.m. watching Blue's Clues, straight to 7.30, 7.45 p.m., Blue's Clues. Paw Patrol, Blaze and the Monster Machines. We've seen them all, gang. We've seen them all because we have nothing to do but watch these <laughs> these shows in the dark in the middle of the night. It's crazy. It's crazy. I know, not the best parenting tip, but really the only way that we have been able to survive is that early morning screen time. And they don't get it the rest of the day, but it's really been... Like, there's a reason that TV was invented, and it's for 4 a.m. wake-ups. It's been crazy. I mean, I would pull the sheet off of our middle son, our oldest son's, bed and i would just just like try to sleep on the floor while they watch blues clues and paw patrol it's been nuts so the long finish has never been truer for us these past two months but Catherine and i have a bunch of things to discuss that we'll get into in subsequent episodes but for now we wanted to come back because some of you might be i'm assuming some of you have already mailed in your ballots and you're ready to watch next week's results. I know John King is at his map getting ready. He's just sitting at home right now practicing the swipe to get to Fredericksburg, Virginia to see if they're red or blue. And while you're watching him work, I want to make sure that you have a glass of wine in your hand. Maybe you're going. Maybe you're doing the old school route. I know my mom is. She's going to go and um, vote in person. I'm going to do the same. I'm going to vote early. 
and uh, maybe you have a, a podcast to listen to while you wait in line. So we wanted to come back for a very special election episode and talk about some great wines. Catherine, what is the wine that we're drinking tonight? Tonight we're drinking Donkey and Goat Ramato from Filigreen Farm in Anderson Valley. And this is Pinot Gris Vintage 2019. It's unfined. It's unfiltered. It is a gorgeous copper color. I'm super excited about it. When Catherine and I were talking about wines we wanted to discuss for election week, we wanted to make sure the wine was American. Yes, that's what we're working on this week. <laughs> and I know that you have some packages uh, that you're selling at Esther's for people that want to have some wines for the results. We all know the results might not take place on the Tuesday, may linger for the next few days. Who knows what craziness we'll be getting into. But we wanted to have some wines for you for that night uh, and that week. And so you, Catherine, can discuss those wines. But And then we're going to do a tasting of the wine. Absolutely. And learn a bit of, I love this wine producer. And I'm excited to learn more about them. Yeah. It's a husband and wife team. Oh, yeah. That's They're what we awesome. Do. That's what we do. It's That's what we do. Well, we wanted to do this episode to give you some comfort, to also let you know we will support you through drinking through the election next week. I've talked to all my staff about that and their... Um, their plans to vote and their plans to drink wine on Tuesday um, because it's going to be a long day, maybe stressful. So at Esther's, we are closed actually that day because we're giving the day off to all of the employees to have the chance to vote in person, although many have already mailed in or submitted their ballots to the Dropbox. But we're closed. We're like, let's let go, people. And so we've got these fun survival packs for customers to take away. Your basic election survival pack and your baller election survival pack. And the basic is with some cheese, some charcuterie, some crackers, some hand sanitizer, just in case. <laughs> uh, a bottle of red. It's just Don't some... drink the hand sanitizer. <laughs> That's one Although rule. Although it have. smells so good. <laughs> it really smells great. Um, perfumey on the nose. It, it's really like got this like cinnamon, like allspice, baking spice thing. Yeah. Uh, We're going to do a deductive no, uh, tasting of the I'm sanitizer. I'm not joking. <laughs> no, it really does. Anyway... <laughs> So then we're then it's got a bottle of red. That's kind of for your, you know, happy hour, your early evening, just to get you relaxed, enjoying with your cheese. And then it's got a bottle of sparkling, a bottle of Prosecco, so that if something exciting happens, you are ready to celebrate. Be that on Tuesday night, uh, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, two weeks later, <laughs> you've got no. the bubbles on hand. And the baller pack is pretty much the same, except we got a little bit fancier cheese. Still got the hand sanitizer. Um, is it a, a fancier <laughs> hand sanitizer? <laughs> it's, the, it's the same hand sanitizer. <laughs> uh, fantastic bottle of Beaujolais. Just something like fruity and delicious uh, from Jan Bertrand, uh, the Fleury Via Vien. Just Oh, it's so good. I just tasted it last week. And then a sick bottle of Barash champagne, which I really did want to drink tonight for our podcast. But we thought, okay, let's not blow the wad tonight. Let's save it, you know, because yeah, that'll the be actual day. That will be our celebration bottle. So anyway, there's any number of wines you can drink just to like really ah, relax and try to enjoy the day for just being another day 
in your life. And so we picked a wine tonight that we are excited to drink that is very fall because it's finally feeling like fall here. And so let me remind you what this is. This is the Donkey and Goat Ramato from Filigreen Farm in Anderson Valley. It's Pinot Gris and it's vintage 2019. This is California, folks. So Let's do a tasting, and then I'm going to tell you all about this really cool bottle, Dunkin' Goat, and why it's so perfect for fall. So first, let's just look at this color. Are you kidding me? It looks like like a pretty copper-colored leaf that's fallen. You know, it looks like the leaves of fall. It has like an apple cider look to it. Yeah, it's got this like orangey copper tone. This is a skin contact wine. It is technically an orange wine. It's on the skins for six days. And it's Pinot Gris. Pinot Grigio, same thing. But Pinot Gris, even though it is usually a white wine, the skins are really kind of gray pink. So it yields this copper color. I'm going to swirl my glass. And I see the legs coming down, I would say medium, not too fast, not too slow. What's the alcohol on that? I love this, 11%. Woo! We love that. And that's one of the reasons we wanted to talk about the wine tonight, because you're going to be watching the TV for hours. This is a great to start at, you know, 4 o'clock. Yeah. This will work for you. When you want those East Coast results to start rolling in, or whenever, you start to watch the polls close, a nice 11 percenter. You can have two glasses without, exactly. you know, feeling bad. Yeah, it's great. So we've got that gorgeous color. We're swirling it. Seems like it's pretty light. Now let's put our nose in there. Immediately, I just get this kind of woodsy thing, like mushrooms, damp earth. But I also get citrus, like orange rind. There's a, like a sour factor to it as well, like a very tart apricot and a sweet orange rind and a sour sour orange as well yeah i love that tartness but mixed with that like damp wet forest thing something kind of wild there's also a tea element to this some kind of herbal tea all right let's taste it you've already drank home your whole glass basically i forgot the rules we had two months off i forgot you know the discipline needs to come back. It's dry. It's light. But there are some tannins. Some real tannins that coat your tongue in a very pleasing way. They're soft. They're not super chalky. They just coat your tongue and let you know it's going to linger a long time. This has a very long finish. And I'm feeling that little pucker at the back of my throat as well. Acid is medium. It's not super noticeable but it doesn't have but there is some acidity to it but it's nice on its own because of that medium acidity and because there is some tannin it just sits nicely in your mouth and as far as all those things we mentioned on the nose let me take another sip I definitely get more of that tart apricot and lemon rind and that herbal tea I don't get really any of that like earthiness, damp mushroom. The palate is all about that tart citrus, a little bit of like stone fruit there and the tea element. It's a really pretty wine. This is skin contact wine that is not, even though it is 100% a natural wine, it's not got that crazy wild funk factor. It's super clean. It's a really well-made wine. I think like a Venn diagram of who might like this wine. And I feel like it brings in a lot of people 
that may not think they would like a Pinot Gris or a Pinot Grigio. Like you think of like maybe a a sour beer drinker or something Absolutely. like that. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that'd be fun. I think um, a lot of natural wines do have that kind of sour nose thing that does remind you of sour beer, but it's not as like aggressive as some sour beers. It has that the palate is pretty mellow. Yeah, it's there's a lightness to it. I think this wine is super gluggable. And delicious. It's <laughs> it great. Is. It's great. It is so good. Yeah. Can we learn about the winemakers? Yes. So Donkey and Goat, I, I first got into It's a name you, you just need to know. You need to know. If you like natural wine and you like California wine, you know Donkey and Goat. They were one of the leaders in natural wine when that really started to become a thing. I don't know. 12, 15 years ago, 10 years. I don't know. Whenever that happened. But they are an awesome couple jared and tracy brand i remember meeting them way back when i worked at rustic canyon and i was first getting to know those wines and i just thought gosh these people are so cool i love their story and the wines are so good so they were they were in san francisco their their winery now is in berkeley but they were living in san francisco in the early 2000s working in tech and they were like we got to get out of this you know they loved wine and so they went and took an internship in France with Eric Texier in the Northern Rhone they absolutely loved it and brought back so much of what they learned and started a winery and they have an urban winery in Berkeley so they source all their fruit from vineyards that are either sustainably farmed, organic, or biodynamic. They look for the absolute best farmers that they can trust, that they really know, and they work with them year after year, and then bring the grapes back into their place. They never add anything. They never fine. They never filter. Some of the wines have minimal sulfur. Some have none, but nothing that Mother Nature didn't put in it. And so these wines are just alive and fresh, and they always are making new wines every year. They're just prolific. So the story of the donkey and goat name, though, which is always kind of like a question. When they were in France, one of winemaker Eric Texier's neighbors, had he was a farmer who taught his donkey to eat around the vines. But the donkey would get distracted all the time. And so the farmer made him have this companion of a goat. And this is happens a lot, I guess. Goats help other animals and make them calmer. And so they can actually get their work done. And so they jokingly said, well, Jared... Tracy is your goat. (laughs) And that was a compliment. So they are the donkey and the goat. She calms him down and he tries to get bully through and get that work done. But they have two kids and they make their everything is about their family and their winery, which we are all about. They are just larger than life. They've done so many tastings for us at Esther's and I see them whenever possible. It's a fabulous place to visit also if you're in Berkeley and you want to do a tasting. They do awesome tastings. So about this wine though, Ramato is a style of Pinot Gris that uh, started really in Northern Italy. And so they are making this in that style. That's why it's called Ramato. And Ramato is actually the Italian word for a red haired person which I think is kind of fun. So it's always that copper color. It's Pinot Gris, Pinot Grigio, on the skins for six days and then fermented and then it's aged for eight months in neutral barrel 
unfined, unfiltered. And Filigreen Farm is a biodynamic farm where it's coming from. And I just love this from their website. So I had to read it. I know you were about to ask me about a pairing. So I'm going to tell you about the pairing. So this is what it says on their website was so cute. Pairs well with wild pheasant, forged mushrooms, and Rachmaninoff's third movement in cello concerto in G minor. That's for you, mom. (laughs) I'm just, yes, let's do that on election night. Can we just get some pheasant and some foraged mushrooms and listen to that? Some Rachmaninoff? Um, Yeah. (laughs) Now, I have a couple questions from the words that you used to describe the wine. Okay. Um, to help maybe educate the layperson that is myself. When you call a wine unfined, can you elaborate on that? Unfined and unfiltered. So basically, when you're making a wine, your yeast turns into alcohol, right? Or the yeast convert, sorry. When you're making a wine, the yeast converts the sugars into alcohol. And then at, after that, happens you have dead yeast cells and other things in the wine so when you fine and you filter at the end you're taking those out you're making the wine clear um and you're stabilizing is part something that you often do in that stage as well and those all sometimes involve using machines that move the wine really fast in a certain direction or egg whites are a fining uh, something people use to fine wine with filtering they're just different ways of manipulating the wine it's not necessarily adding something but it is manipulating and that's why you see that it is a little bit cloudy exactly that's what i was going to say a little bit cloudy it's interesting my other question is about pinot gris pinot grigio the grape that seems to be a wine that maybe I'm, I'm just speaking it for myself I don't necessarily gravitate towards. So how is this representation of Pinot Gris, Pinot Grigio, different from what we think of as a classic interpretation of Pinot Gris, Pinot Grigio? So I think of classic Pinot Grigio as basically right down the middle for white wine. It's not very aromatic. So a lot of times when you put your nose in it, you can't pick out something. It doesn't jump out of the glass like a Riesling. It doesn't have those really strong characteristics like a Sauvignon Blanc. It sort of tastes, sort of smells like maybe stone fruit, a little citrus. It's n- you'll never notice it. Peanut shell and some say old Corona. That's a thing. <laughs> That's a hey. Like we learned anything today. Flat old, Corona. Flat Corona. It's a great indicator. A, I love that. And and peanut shell, okay? Yeah. And then when you taste it, the structure, medium to low acid, medium, light to medium body. It can be oaked, but it's usually unoaked. And again, it doesn't have those super strong like flavor characteristics, but probably mirrors what I said about the nose. So no wonder so many people love it, right? Yeah. Because it's just sort of in the middle. It's so easy to find a so-so Pinot Grigio. It's really hard to find a great one. It feels like a wedding wine to me. Well, yeah, because it's like not too much of anything. Right down the middle, exactly. So it's, you know, it can be, most of the time it's just boring. Um, It's not even bad. It's just mostly just boring. Yeah. But but this version that's from the or this style you know that started in in northern italy is 
different because it's on the skins. And that just... Again, that's Ramato. R-A-M-A-T-O. Which we learned tonight was... The Italian word for a red-haired person. Yeah, yeah interesting. And it just gives it gives more texture to the wine. I think more than anything, noticing those tannins, the different mouthfeel. And then being on the skins also brings out the aromatics in a different way because you have a longer maceration. You have six days with the skins. So what you get on the nose in a Romato might be a little bit more pronounced than just a regular Pinot Grigio. And looking at the retail component of this wine, I mean, I really like the label. And again, we go back to the copper tone color. It just looks so beautiful. It's gorgeous. It just jumps out at you if you're looking at the bottle in the retail space. So hopefully you're in a place where you can find donkey and goat wines and this Romato style Pinot Gris 2019. It shows you on the label, which I also like, they produce 528 cases which is not a ton. It's great. It just shows you how limited it is. It was also fun on their website. They have a countdown for the last day to order it if you want it by the election. And then the last day to order it if you want it by the election if you live on the West Coast or you want FedEx today. And then they have like the last day you want to order wine before uh, Beaujolais Nouveau Day. Uh, the deadline for that is just cute that they know. They know people are planning for these days coming up. We did a Beaujolais Nouveau episode last year, so check that out uh, to refresh your memory on Beaujolais Nouveau. We heard about pheasant as being a proper pairing for the wine. Any other thoughts for pairings that come to your mind for this wine? I think any of the roasted fall vegetables you know, I think like roasted parsnip and potatoes and carrots and butternut squash and yams, just all roasted. I was thinking of, in that pairing, mentioned foraged mushrooms, but I was definitely thinking of a cream of mushroom soup that would be so good with this. Earthy things. that it definitely feels to me like a vegetable wine. I think you could also do lentils or beans you know me i'm always into the beans look we took stew. two months off we haven't mentioned bean stew in a couple months we got to bring it back it's the time it is the time it, it really is, is the true time it's for the time for bean stew. stew my last question i always ask is where can you tell people who are listening to the podcast to go out and find either this donkey and goat Pinot Gris, or something comparable in the world? Well, you can get it at Esther's. You can get it on the Donkey and Goat website. And you can go to your local wine store and ask for a Ramato style or a skin contact Pinot Gris or Pinot Grigio. And you will find others as well. There are quite a few others from California, some from Oregon, and definitely from Italy as well. This wine is delicious. And it's been fun, frankly. We took two months off from the podcast. It's fun to come back and talk to you on our couch. We haven't spoken in two months because we only speak during the podcast. Taste wines in a smart way. So this has been a lot of fun. So if you have a chance, go out and find this wine. It's delicious. Find any donkey and goat wine and hope that you are celebrating or at least um, drinking some wine during these next treacherous anxious nervous times we have coming up yeah so good luck to america good luck to all of us and now let's go to the last portion of the evening which is what it's been inspiring us this week Catherine, do you want to go first sure well gosh we got a lot of that stored up the last couple of months but what really is inspiring me this week is this 
wonderful book that I'm reading called Braiding Sweetgrass by Robin Wall Kimmerer. Uh, Braiding Sweetgrass, Indigenous Wisdom, Scientific Knowledge, and the Teaching of Plants. Oh my gosh, this book is amazing. So this author, Robin Wall Kimmerer, she is a professor, a botanist, botany professor. She's like knows everything there is to know about plants. She also has indigenous heritage and is very connected to her history of her tribe and the history of other tribes that she knows. And she weaves both into these fantastic essays about either different kinds of plants or uh, she has this wonderful chapter on strawberries or uh, gratitude, different practices. Um, She's a mom as well. So some of that in there, but I've just been reading about an essay a night and gosh, it's so refreshing. It's a wonderful way to work, to look at the natural world. This book came out a few years ago. So I, it's not like I'm you know, cutting edge here, published 2013. But if you haven't read it, I highly recommend. Catherine will burst into a room where I'm watching TV and and like make me pause the television and read me a quote from the book. That's how you know you're reading a good book. For sure. I'm excited to read it. So when you're done, give it to me. My inspiration goes out to the American people, specifically groups of people that are actually out there trying to be catalysts for change. I will cite myself... Uh, as being um, uh, a person who learns so much from the uh, other people out there making things happen. A few years ago, I watched an election happen, and I swore that I would not sit idly by, and two years ago, I went out and stumped for a candidate, congressional candidate. This year, I'm, I'm learning from people on ways to do this during COVID times, and um, I want to specifically cite and shout out Indivisible Philadelphia, which is a organization that is trying to get the vote out in Philadelphia, the city, but uh, the state of Pennsylvania at large, which is um, a state that is in contention. And I'm really always appreciative of people that really help organize events to make it easier for people to just say, how do I help? How do I do things? And Indivisible Philadelphia is a company, an organization that's helped say, hey, you want to sign up? Here's some postcards. Write to these people. Here's some phone banks. Do it at this time. Text this. It's so helpful to me whenever I encounter organizations that help make it easier for people that want to do something but don't really know how. And that's hugely inspiring to me, not only in my, you know, whatever you want to call it, like civic life, but also just as I, as I take those notes and bring it into my own life and say, how do I make it easier for people to want to help Esther's and help me and things like that? It's a great thing to learn. So shout out to Indivisible Philadelphia for like showing me ways to be, ways to maximize my civic duty, like ways to, to, to feel like I'm, you know, representing this privilege that we have to be American. So whichever way the election goes on Tuesday, I hope everyone felt like they put everything they could into creating the change that they want to see. So shout out to America. Hopefully things go well for us. And while you're watching the results, hopefully it's Tuesday night. It may be Wednesday night, maybe Thursday night. It may be a month from now. Who knows? I hope you're taking the time to enjoy some wine while we wait for some results that's right great wine we gave out tonight check out the wines that we have at esters check out the wines that 
all your local stores. Support small businesses during these times, whether it be in wine or food or anywhere else. We need you. Thank you for the support so far. And we're happy to be back. It's great to be here. It is really good. That's it. That's all. That's episode 45. Episode 45 is in the books. We're going to take election week off because we want to see which way America is going to be heading for the next four years. But we should be back uh, in early November to discuss what we've been up to the past few months in more detail. We have some interviews that we've taped that we're excited to showcase, talk about some wines for Thanksgiving, talk about wines for holidays and the New Year's. So stay tuned for that. we got so many things coming up. We're really excited to share that with you. If you have an opportunity to rate, review, and subscribe to our show, we've loved reading those reviews that have been coming in the past couple months. Please review the show. Give us a five-star rating. Let us know you're out there. It means a lot to Catherine and myself. Catherine, where can they find you and the long finish on social media. You can find me at Catherine Wild Coker on Instagram and Facebook. And you can find the long finish at the long finish on Instagram and Facebook. You can find me at Tug Coker on Instagram and Twitter. Thank you again to everyone for listening to the show. Thank you to everyone that's been reaching out to us on DM and saying, when are you coming back? We miss you. It means a lot to us to hear you say that you've missed our show and you want us to come back. We're excited to find ways to do that and um, still keep our sanity. Right, Catherine? we got to keep it going, but it is so nice, so nice to be back. Yeah, this has been a lot of fun. So to all of you out there, whether you're listening uh, in America or internationally, I hope you're uh, uh, safe, healthy, practice social distancing, wear masks. If you are in the States of America and you have a ballot, drop it off don't mail it go vote do all these things and then go home after you've done everything you can do and enjoy some great wine we'll be back in a couple weeks to bring some more wines to you until then happy drinking ciao